Shalom, shalom, Boker Tov, good morning, Kalimera, oh that's good morning in Greek, yes indeed, Kalimera to all of you. Why? Well, I'm still in Rhodes, Greece, and I have uh, had the great honor of officiating for two special bar and bat mitzvah celebrations, and uh, we'll say a muzzle tov to uh, Emma and to Caden for the wonderful job that they did in the synagogue oldest in all of Greece, 1577 when it was built. Lots of listeners around the world. Good morning to all of you, our Christian friends on their way to church and on uh, on back coming back from that early service. And I didn't tell you who I am. I am Rabbi Barbara Aiello. And in case you're wondering, this is the Radio Rabbi Program. Thank you so much. We're so happy to be back on the air. Thanks to our folks at GoFundMe, all of you that contributed to allow us to create a number of podcasts that were instrumental in getting us back with AM 930, The Answer. So we're very, very happy that you are all with us today. And uh, we always like to say, I like to thank the people behind the scenes who push the right buttons and plug in the right wires. And, uh, oh, I had trouble kind of getting myself going today because I am a techno klutz, but I am no, I am, I am no challenge for Mr. Bill. Good morning, Mr. Bill. <laughs> you make my life easier than you think. Kalimera oh. to you. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for all that you do. And also our brand new sponsor, Steve, at the Sarasota Watch Company. We thank you so very much for being a part. We're going to talk a little bit about why watches are still popular later on in the program. And uh, seven good reasons why, even if you have a cell phone with the time on it, why you should have a watch. So we have a lot to talk about today. Today is Sunday, August 26, 2018. On the Hebrew calendar, it is the 15th day in the Hebrew a month of Elul, E-L-U-L, in the year 5,778. And this week's Torah portion, if you're following along in your Chumash, which would be the Torah in book form, is Kitavo, Kitavo. Well, I'm going to sound the shofar, but not right now. I'm going to um, uh, do it a little bit later on in the show. And the reason that we do that is that every day in the month of Elul, the shofar is sounded so that we can look back on the year that was and make our preparations for making apologies and accepting them if someone should apologize to us. As I said, muzzle tov to Emma and Caden, who came all the way to Greece to become bar and bat mitzvah. And thanks to Anna, who dedicates today's program to Carmen and Moises on their 38th wedding anniversary, married right here in Greek in Saloniki. And Carmen is the administrator of Synagogue Shalom in Rhodes. If you're thinking about having a bar or bar mitzvah destination style, you can come to our synagogue in Italy, in the south of Italy, or you can come to Greece in August because our program continues next year. Well, today's show, we're going to talk a little bit about Sephardic or, uh, traditions popular here in Greece. One of them is, should synagogues have windows? Apparently, that was a very big issue in the construction of synagogues. Um, uh, centuries ago, especially among the Sephardic uh, community. And of course, um, the passing of the Queen, the Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin, and we're going to talk about her Jewish connection as well. And I'll talk about how I can come to visit your synagogue or your group, uh, your, maybe your Italian-American group, if you'd like me to come and speak. Well, I can do it virtually. We'll talk about that a little bit later as well. Well, some of my friends say to me, Rabbi, you can make anything Jewish. You can create a Jewish connection for anything, and I guess I I, I, stand, I stand guilty as charged. But this connection between Aretha Franklin and a very interesting Jewish man is worth speaking about. The man who helped her record Respect. 
was producer Jerry Wexler, a one-time journalist, and he was the son of a German-Jewish father and a Polish-Jewish mother, and he came from the Bronx in New York. Aretha and Wexler would form a close artist-producer bond that lasted years, and Wexler would go on to produce multiple albums of, of hers, and it was Wexler's idea to have Franklin cover respect. He provided, and this is what Aretha had to say, he provided the vehicle to allow me to perform and express myself. This is what Aretha Franklin told the Wall Street Journal, and that was following Wexler's death in 2008. In Wexler's autobiography called Rhythm and Blues, Wexler wrote about his vision for Aretha Franklin, and this is what he said. My idea was to make good tracks, use the best players, put Aretha back on the piano, and just let the lady wail. Well, respect had a special resonance in the 1960s. The call for respect went from a request to a demand. These are Wexler's words. And then, given the civil rights and feminist fervor that was building in the 1960s, respect, especially as Aretha articulated it with such force, took on new meaning. Respect started off as a soul song and wound up as a kind of national anthem the wonderful jewish connection through jerry wexler to aretha franklin how about we listen to respect And that was R-E-S-P-E-C-T, and it was Jerry Wexler, Aretha Franklin's long-term manager, who thought up the idea of her spelling out the word as part of that wonderful song, 1967. May Aretha Franklin's memory be forever for a blessing, and may she rest in peace in God's loving arms. This is the Radio Rabbi program. I am your Radio Rabbi, and we're going to talk today about politics in the synagogue. Oh, no, Radio Rabbi, please. Well, I wrote something a little while ago. 
that received a lot of attention, and I thought it might be a good idea to share it with all of you. And the title of my piece is this, Political Sermons Can Destroy the Spirituality of the High Holy Days. Well, I don't know how you feel about that, but that's the way I feel about it, and I'd like to explain it to you. First of all, it had to do with an email that came to me as a result of my asking this uh, the question about whether rabbis need needed or, or should give uh, sermons during the high holy days that are political in nature, and this is what I received. Everybody's got something to say about politics at the office, school, and the dry clean, and at the grocery store. I mean, you can't get away from it, except on Shabbat, which I now make at home. After more than two months of political sermons, I stopped going to my temple. My family and I need a break from politics, but we weren't getting it in the synagogue. When I heard that this year's sermons to- sermon topics will be more of the same, I decided for the high holidays. We're staying at home. Sincerely, Dan C. Well, last year, about this time, I asked you, my listening audience, to share your thoughts about whether rabbis should deliver sermons about the political issues of the day. Dan's comment, admittedly one of the more extreme, was only one of many that I received, the majority of which expressed the hope that political talk would be left at the synagogue door. In our tradition, we are taught that Yom Kippur is referred to as Shabbat Shabbaton, a double Shabbat, which means Shabbat of complete. If, in fact, Yom Kippur is super Shabbat, then the behavioral requirements of separating spirituality from material concerns for Shabbat should apply double on Yom Kippur. You'd think, right? Put succinctly in the conservative movement Siddur, Sim Shalom, we find the following prayer that serves as a Shabbat and Shabbat Shabbaton guide. And these are, this is the prayer. Grant me the privilege of the liberating joy of Shabbat. May I be undisturbed by sadness, sorrow, or sighing during the holy hours of Shabbat. Well, those words speak to me as I consider that on any day of the week, but most especially on Shabbat, nothing could be more disturbing than a recap of the news of the day, replete with tragedy, national disasters, government shakeups, terrorism, verbal bashing by politician, politicians, and pundits on both the left and right. Television news has become so steeped in Lashon Hara and vindictive language, often punctuated these days by curse words and vulgarity, that the last thing I want to do is remind my congregants through a a political sermon, of all they've been bombarded with throughout the preceding week. Well, Rabbi David Volpe of Synagogue Temple, uh, of Sinai Temple in Los Angeles, he seems to agree. In an article written for the L.A. Jewish Journal in 2017, the title was, Why I Keep Politics Off the Pulpit, Rabbi Volpe had this to say, Many people privately ask about my political views. And I'm happy to answer, but not from the Bema. As a rabbi, my task is to bless, to teach values and texts and ideas and rituals, to comfort, to cajole, to listen and learn, to grow in spirit along with my congregants, to usher them through the transitions of life, to create a cohesive community, to defend the people and the land of Israel, and to reinforce what matters most. And for this reason, Rabbi Volpe will not speak about politics from the pulpit. Another person, her name is Tiffany Schlein. She's founder of a very interesting movement called Unplugged for Shabbat. And she shares this view in a March 2, 2017 article do yourself a favor, unplug this Shabbat. Shalane writes that since the national presidential election, the bombardment of unsettling news, emails, tweets, Facebook posts comes even more furiously than ever before. Shalane cites a recent Nielsen study that tells us that the average screen time for American adults is in a whopping 74 hours a week and that the majority of those hours are stress-related. A cultural Jew who describes herself as not religious, Shalane has unplugged and taken a technology Shabbat for 440 weeks and counting 
Healing and describes the experience as a secret force field of protection that gives me, she says, strength, perspective, and energy for the other six days. Unplugging our devices for Shabbat and for the Shabbat Shabbaton of Yom Kippur should inspire us rabbis to unplug our brains from the stressful topics that come through our smartphones, our Facebook posts, and our Twitter accounts. If we've ever asked our congregations to eschew electronics on Shabbat, might it be appropriate for us rabbis to refrain from emphasizing those topics, like politics, for example, that we've asked our congregants to set aside one day a week? Well, you'd think, but other rabbis, they have other points of view. In fact, Rabbi Stephen Moss, who is spiritual leader of B'nai Israel Reform Temple in suburban New York, falls into the if you can't beat them, join them crowd when he says that he has asked congregants to bring their iPads and tablets to the synagogue so that during the Kol Nidre service, they can post positive thoughts on Facebook and on Twitter. Well... Call me skeptical, but I don't believe all those heads bowed down during services will be all be bowed in prayer or spiritual reflection. I've served two congregations in the United States and two in Italy, and although there are obvious cultural differences between the two, I have found one thing to be true. Here in Italy, we call it sega la segadura, to saw the sawdust, which means that where politics are concerned, we all have the tendency to sega la segadura, to talk it to death, something that is po the polar opposite of what Shabbat Shabbaton is asking us to do. Yom Kippur, our annual double Shabbat, is about meditation, reflection, and behavior change. It's about renewing our spiritual selves and promising to to revitalize our relationship with the God of our understanding. And as the sign in our local parish church says, and I'm translating from Italian, God speaks to us in many ways, but the smartphone is not one of them, is a sentiment that can be applied to synagogues as well. The Siddur prayer is an echo emanating from the hearts of many congregants. May I be undisturbed by sadness, sorrow, or sighing. In other words, may I please turn off the world just for a little while. Looking inward rather than outward can be the liberating joy of Shabbat, or as Rabbi Volpe puts it, the great questions of life are usually not political ones. If we rabbis insist on focusing our sermons on the politics of the day, our congregants risk losing the deep spiritual meaning of Yom Kippur, our, unique, our uniquely double Shabbat. This is the Radio Rabbi Program, and I am your Radio Rabbi, and I am so pleased to be with you today. As I'm, I'm still here in Greece, I'm having a wonderful time, and I'm enjoying the, the synagogue as well. And uh, we're coming up to the High Holy Days, are we not? And Beth Schaefer, one of our most favorite of all of our recording our, uh, artists, has a wonderful Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah melody. It's called Shema Kolenu, Hear Our Voices. Let's listen. Leave, believe. 
giant clap of thunder from the sky. But in singing songs with you, it is the most attentive ear. Those that God dwells between the words for us to find. Lave, belave, heart and heart. When my hand stops, your hand stops. In a circle of love that has no end. Lave, belave, heart and heart. God's been with us from the start. In this complicated world, you. So I'll keep you close to me, label me. When we yearn for God's touch, we hope our pain will go away in an instant. In a moment, be renewed. But as we work together toward that sacred, peaceful day, we learn that God heals each of us through me and you. Live, believe, heart and heart. When my hand stops, your hand stops. In a circle of love that has no end, believe, believe, heart and heart. God's been with us from the start. In this complicated world, you'll need a friend. So I'll keep you close to me. God will be with us as together we will stay. Live, believe. Beth Schaefer, and that was Lave Believe beautiful song right here on the Radio Rabbi program. We'll be right back with you. For over 25 years, Sarasota Watch Company has provided discerning customers the expertise and professionalism they expect when it comes to luxury timepieces and fine jewelry. Sarasota Watch Company carries only the best, including Rolex, Patek Philippe, Cartier, and Tag Heuer. An expert certified watchmaker is on hand to complete all repairs and maintenance, everything from band adjustments and battery replacement to repair and pressurization of dive watches on site. Sarasota Watch Company offers Rolex service in-house for only $350. Only $350 and no sending your Rolex to some factory across the country. In addition, clients are always pleased with Sarasota Watch Company's exclusive selection of the finest rare diamond jewelry. Sarasota Watch Company pays top dollar for luxury watches and jewelry, affording you unparalleled opportunities to find rare, one-of-a-kind pieces on display. Call Sarasota Watch Company today, 953-1315, 953-1315. Sarasota Watch Company, across from Trader Joe's in Sarasota. This is the Radio Rabbi program, AM 930, The Answer. And I promised you a shofar sound because it is the month of Elul. If you're somewhere where you can stand, that would be nice to do because we do stand for the shofar service. Probably the most remembered, most well-remembered of all of the small services that combine to make the large service on Rosh Hashanah. I'm holding in my hand a shofar that is um, decorated. It has a... Um, um, a kind of a gold leaf on it and uh, a star of David. It has a um, 
a, a synagogue, Seven Branch Menorah, and uh, the Dove of Peace. We talked uh, a couple of weeks ago about the, about the difference between Sephardic and Ashkenazi Jewish cultural traditions, and decorating a shofar is um, is definitely within the uh, the Sephardic the Sephardic way of doing things. So I ho- I hold in my hand the shofar, and I say Baruch Atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech Olam Asher Kitzanu B'Mitzvotav Vitzivanu Leshmoa Kol Shofar. We thank you, God, for the opportunity to sound and to hear the shofar, and we'll do the sounds to Kia. Shavarim Tarua Takia Gadola I could have done it a little longer, but uh, I didn't want to take that much time on the radio. But I hope that you'll hear one long Takiyaga Dola blast when you go to synagogue this year. If you're not going to synagogue in person, maybe you'd like to join virtually, just send me an email, rabbi at rabbibarbara.com, or look for me on the internet, rabbibarbara.com, and my email address is there. And I'll let you know where, our, where, you are, where there are services that you can join online. Speaking of some of the things I've been doing, uh, our film, The Secret Jews of Calabria, has um, been uh, is an, is actually now up for an award, which would be very nice. It is a documentary about the work that we do, helping uh, people to find their their Italian Jewish roots, and uh, we can meet with your group virtually. You might want to uh, purchase the film and have your group um, have your group view it, and that is um, of course very. Very, very cost-effective and personal as well. And then your synagogue or Italian cultural group or your adult education program can enjoy a virtual visit with me in tandem with the documentary, which is called The Secret Jews of Calabria, and you can find that on my website. I will join your audience as the virtual rabbi via the technological miracle of Skype for a 45-minute question and answer session. And thanks to the advances in video technology, I'm able to share the story story, the honorable Italians who, despite persecution and even oppression, have maintained their Jewish traditions in secret, and our virtual presentations, as I said, are a cost-effective way to share this story with the world. So we have a lot to share and a good way to do it as well. And we have a lovely piece of music here. The Spirit of Israel combines the choirs of Congregation Beth Shalom and several other conservative congregations and Conducted by Cantor David Tillman. We'll hear some children's voices, some adult voices with Hallelujah.
Wow, wasn't that moving? That was Hallelujah. And that was from a, a CD called Spirit of Israel with the Combined Choirs uh, featuring the con- congregation Beth Shalom conducted by Cantor David Tillman right here on the Radio Rabbi Program AM 930 The Answer. A regular feature here on the Radio Rabbi Program is the Misha Barak where we pray for healing for those who are ill. The Kabbalists who... I mentioned to you several times, I'm here in Greece, and some of the Kabbalah was written in the Mediterranean, roughly in this area, the Kabbalist Kabbalist book called the Zohar, the writings gathered in that book called the Zohar, which means brightness. And the Kabbalists taught that there's greater strength when we pray all together than even more so than when we are praying alone. So that's why we say aloud the names of our friends and family members who are ill as we enlarge spiritual energy. Today we pray for Refuah Shlema, complete healing for Gary and Dennis, Marquise, Nina, Rosa Morena, Denstra, Barbara, Victoria, Sandro, Marissa, Michael, Jeremiah, Mickey, Janine, James, Annie, and Ralph. And now say aloud the names of your friends and family members who are ill. Do that right now. That's right. Get their names out there into the spirit of the universe as we listen to Debbie Friedman and the Misha Barak.
Shabarak Prayer for Healing, a regular feature here on the Radio Rabbi Program. Another regular feature right here on AM 930, The Answer, the Radio Rabbi Program, is the Sarasota Watch Company. To welcome Steve and the entire staff of Sarasota Watch Company as the new sponsor for the Radio Rabbi Program. You know, I had the pleasure of speaking with owner Steve Ishimanov, who opened the door to Sarasota Watch Company for me, and what I learned was remarkable. First, there is nothing like skill, dedication, and hard work to make a small business grow, and that's just what Steve and his staff have done. You know that they are tapping into three generations' worth of watch expertise. Steve's family traditions of watchmaking and repair serves his customers so very well. Well, I was wondering a few things about watches versus cell phones, so I took a look at a website called Real Men, Real Style. They offer good reasons to wear a watch, and I'm going to share a couple of them with you. They say that phones do not keep you punctual. Punctual, It's watches that do. A wristwatch is the most convenient way to tell the time. And uh, when someone says, I don't need a watch because I have a phone, that's a common response from a generation who are now questioning the adverse effects of constant cell phone use, fishing for a cell phone on on regular occasions just to check the time. So says Real Men Real Style looks desperate. When you wear a watch, it's less likely you will fall back on your phone as a distraction. And they point out that often checking the phone for time results in a a rabbit trail of activities, including checking every message, every app, every email, every Facebook post. And watches can communicate a lot about the wearer's personality. For those who prefer a bit of high status on the wrist, a Rolex can be an understated, timeless, and incredible incredibly masculine accessory. How about that? Call it what you will. A quality luxury watch is a man's equivalent to the engagement ring. And as the saying goes, boys look at their smartphones to check the time. Men look at a watch. How about that? Well, I don't know if you agree with me or not, but I do know that there is something magical about a watch. And for uh, from an impressive array of vintage watches to a state-of-the-art Cartier or a Rolex timepiece, it's the Sarasota Watch Company that has what you've been looking for when it comes to beauty, grace, and style. So stop by Sarasota Watch Company, and I want you to see for yourself. Gorgeous, beautiful Rolexes and Cartier, new and pre-owned along with classic jewelry from diamonds to one-of-a-kind estate pieces. Everything is reasonably priced, and Steve prides himself. He says, you know, we pay top dollar for jewelry and watches, and our customers tell us that working with us is hassle-free. The Sarasota Watch Company is located at 4180 Tamiami Trail, so stop by or call Steve at 941-953-1315, 941-953-1315. So you know what I like to say, the time is right, pun intended, for a pre-owned or a new watch or an expert repair. Stop by the Sarasota Watch Company, a wonderful family enterprise and the proud sponsors of the Radio Rabbi program. And we are proud to have the Sarasota Watch Company with us as well. Well, we're going to talk today. Well, let's talk about our dedication here for just a moment. Anna has dedicated our program today to Carmen and Moises, who celebrated their 38th wedding anniversary here in in Rhodes, Greece, married in Saloniki in the northern part of the island 38 years ago. Carmen is the wonderful administrator of the Ka'al Shalom Synagogue, where I had the opportunity, the joy, and the privilege of officiating at two services during this past 
last week. So thank you so much. If you'd like to dedicate a program to a loved one in their memory or honor or to a special celebration like Carmen and Moise's anniversary, for example, all you have to do is uh, look on my website, rabbibarbara.com, click onto the dedication right there, and we'll be very happy to have you do have you do that. Well, I told you I'd talk a little bit about windows today in the synagogue, and I found a great book in the synagogue, The Rhythms of Jewish Living, a Sephardic Exploration of Judaism's Spirituality by Rabbi Mark D. Angel, Ph.D., and uh, it is uh, very, very interesting. He talks about prayer and windows. Attitudes about spirituality are suggested by the kind of windows used in places of worship. Windows are the connection between the indoor world and the world outside. The location and the windows indicate the extent to which worshipers are expected to relate to the world outdoors while they are engaged in prayer. The Talmud records the opinion of Rabbi Hayabar Abba in the name of Rabbi Yohanan. A person should not pray except in a house which has windows. The proof text is drawn from the book of Daniel. Since Daniel offered his prayers while looking through a window in the direction of Jerusalem, so this precedent should be followed by all the subsequent generations. The commentator, Rabbi Shlomo Yitzaki, who was, of course, our, our very own Rashi, explains that windows cause one to concentrate his heart since he looks toward the heavens and his heart is humbled. According to this opinion, a person praying indoors may reach a higher spiritual level by looking out a window to see the heavens. Yet, windows in synagogues have varied from place to place and generation to generation, reflecting different attitudes toward the outside world. In some synagogues, windows were built high up on the wall, above the height of any person, and that's what we find here in the synagogue in Rhodes. This was done in order to prevent people from being distracted from their prayers by letting their eyes wander to the outdoors during services. Windows, which serve to bring the outside in, also serve to connect the inside with the outside. If praying requires concentration on the words of the prayer, windows could be distracting. Indeed, a fear of the, of the distraction of windows emerged in many communities. Windows, even when placed high up on the synagogue walls, were considered a necessary evil at worst, or at best, a possible aid to prayer only in the event that one was unable to concentrate properly on one's own. The, comment, the commentary Magain Avraham on the Shulchan Aruch states that one's eyes Nevertheless, when one's concentration is broken, one can lift the eyes toward the heavens in order to awaken that concentration. The fear of windows is evident in a feature common to almost all Western synagogues, and that is... Maybe you already know, stained glass. The use of stained glass windows has a long history in Christian Europe, with great churches boasting artistic windows, some quite ancient. Apparently, European Jews were impressed by this feature of Christian religious architecture, so synagogues began to have stained glass windows, too. Stained glass windows, though they may be very beautiful, were not incorporated into religious architecture merely for the sake of beauty. The desire for artistic beauty could have been satisfied by a tapestry, a fresco, maybe a wall carving. Although generations of cultural conditioning have made us accustomed to stained glass windows in our houses of worship, there is no intrinsic need for them from an aesthetic point of view. The windows reflect a philosophical attitude on prayer and our sense of spirituality. Stained glass windows create an artificial world of indoor spirituality, some say. Upon entering a synagogue with stained glass windows, for example, we enter a religious realm, a world unto itself, without reference to anything outside. It is irrelevant where, where such a synagogue is actually located. It might be in the middle of New York City or in China, or on the top of a mountain or along a beach. To a person inside the synagogue, the outside world is closed out 
It cannot penetrate those colored windows. The underlying motivation for creating such windows is the belief, whether acknowledged or not, that prayer can best be experienced in a place that is closed off from the distractions of the outside world. When one enters a synagogue with stained glass windows, one knows immediately that it is a place of worship. The inwardness of the building makes its message known. A little bit about windows from the Sephardic point of view. And uh, Craig Taubman, Friday Night Live, has our closing song today. Shalom Rav. Let's listen. Shalom Rav Al Yisrael Hanfa Ve'al kol yoshvei tevel Shalom Rav Al Yisrael Hanfa Tassim le'olam Shalom Rav Israel Amcha Ve'akol Yoshvei Tevel Shalom Rav Al Yisrael Amcha Tassim Le'olam Ki Ata Kumelech Adon Lechol HaShalom was Craig Talman, the CD, Friday Night Live, and a beautiful, beautiful song, Bring Peace, Shalom, Rav. Well, the Radio Rabbi program is pluralistic in nature. What do we mean by that? Whether you are reformer, progressive, orthodox, reconstructionist, conservative, renewal, humanistic, oh, Ashkenazic, or Sephardic. Maybe your family was once B'nai Anusim forced into conversion, Christian conversion, and your family was called conversos, baranos, or even crypto-Jews. Are you a cultural, a secular, or even a gastronomical Jew? We're all part of the mishpucha, you know. We're part of a worldwide, wonderful Jewish family, as we say to you, welcome home. This is Rabbi Barbara Aiello, your radio rabbi, and we'll see you next week on AM 930, The Answer, FM 103.1 and 93.7. Shalom, everyone. Shalom, Kaverim. Shalom, Kaverim. Shalom, Kaverim. Shalom, Kaverim. Goodbye, my friends. Goodbye, my friends.